Welcome to this episode of the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Blissbrook. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools on blissbusiness.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Bliss Business Hero Call. Excited to have you uh, all listening in for tonight's call. We have an extraordinary guest from Hawaii who we're going to be interviewing tonight, Tracy Fujikane. And let me, Tracy, make sure I pronounce that right. You got it, Richard. I got it. <clears throat> Perfect. Tracy is with Purium. We've had a couple of other Purium interviews in the past. And as I read down through her story, I was really inspired, Tracy, with this is your only your second build in network marketing, but the number of people that you have personally put in the business and the momentum that that's created in your business and the size of your business now just after 24 months, really, really extraordinary. So let's dive into your story, Tracy. Tell people a little bit about who you are, and how you found network marketing, like what you were doing before network marketing. I would love to. Well, I'm an island girl. I was born and raised on Oahu in Hawaii. And like you said, I'm still brand new. I still consider myself learning this industry. But I come from, I am a businesswoman, truly. And I've held a lot of positions in big corporations, been in leadership, um, been in management, and in my pursuit of finding something with what I perceived as more flexible with the opportunity to earn more than what I was making on a salary, I transitioned from a regular corporate job into commission sales. And that was a pretty big leap at the time to move into being a licensed mortgage banker. But in the state of Hawaii, it can be a pretty lucrative business with the high volume of, of sales and of values. And yet, what I like to say, Richard, is that I, was, I had to eat to kill because your deals, if they don't close, you don't get paid. No matter how much time, effort, and energy you might put into something, simply if that deal doesn't close, then you're not going to get paid for any of that time. So it does become quite a grind. And... You know, I had gone through my own health and wellness journey, and I had met a woman who you know, Brandy Shinoto, and at the time she, oh, had, a brick yeah. Her, yeah, she had a brick-and-mortar um, weight loss clinic, and, and she helped me go through this transition. And at the time, you know, her practice was completely full, and I had an amazing experience with her. As you know, she's an amazing coach. And when you have something that happens to you, of course you want to share it with other people. And so I was telling all my friends, you've got to go see my friend Brandy and go to her clinic. And she simply told me that she didn't have enough capacity in her business to help more people. So if I wanted to help more people, then I was going to have to help them. And so that sort of started my foray into the health and wellness side. And yet we were in the process of saying, well, how can we help more people? and looking at going online, looking at doing some different things. And then she talked to me about the idea of network marketing. And it was such a compelling model for me in my business mind of the magical words of 
creating residual income that definitely I wanted to experience and find out about this new industry network marketing that I hadn't been part of yet. That's awesome, Tracy. So your initial response to the business model was not skepticism or negativity? Not at all, Richard, just simply because I saw in my mind how it actually can work without, without the um, you know, people speaking in my ear about how they think about it or whatnot. I just simply looked at it as what it is. It's simply another type of business model. I, I understood that it wasn't a get-rich-quick scheme, that there was going to be some work involved, in fact, a lot of work involved in establishing this, but having the, the leverage and the reward be something tremendous was very appealing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So your start, Tracy, in the business was magnificent. I'm going to share some stats with some people. sponsored 81 people in your first year. That's a blistering pace. That's about, gosh, six or seven people a month, every month. And 46 people your first 90 days, which that's smoking. Tell everybody how important you feel it is to get off to a quick start in your business, to get to momentum, and how personally sponsoring that many people helped create it. Oh, wow. The momentum is, I feel, really important. Whatever moment you choose that momentum to happen, now that's something you know, we could talk about later, but definitely to launch this type of business, to use and leverage this business model, really making a concerted effort to drive momentum because people are excited. You know, when we let people know about the product, the time frame in which they can expect results, and the marketing system that could help them get their products paid for, a lot of that is contingent on that forward momentum, it's like riding a bike. You know, when you learn to ride a bike, if you're riding it really slow, it's not that easy to stay on. And so being really immersed in it and being really determined and saying, you know, I've got to reach people, have this, you know, I, I think of it like a bonfire, you know. It's like I start with one little tinder. If I just add like one little piece of wood at a time and just kind of let it burn, it's never going to reach that that size and that, that burning that I really want to experience. So it was throw as much on at one time and get everybody excited on the same page, everybody doing well, and, and just creating that was so important at the beginning that, you know, one of the parts that I love about your four-year career book is that part that talks about the geometric progression, and I feel like that is a really critical component in establishing that geometric progression and therefore the residual income component when you have a group of excited people locking arms together, because whenever we try to do something sort of by ourselves, even if it's just like one or two people, it just doesn't have the same kind of energy and that same sort of fortification that we need to keep on going and build something amazing. Yeah, for sure. You said you started to mention something earlier, Tracy, about uh, your first 90 days. I, I think what you were going to say was that people can start that first 90 days anytime in their career. It doesn't have to be when you get started in the business because a lot of times people get started slow and they get distracted and they have other things going on and they don't really maybe get the whole income opportunity until they've been in six months or a year or two years or maybe they went finally went to the right company event. All the lights went on. You can start that 90-day blitz anytime and 
get into momentum. I'll bet people are curious, Tracy, where did you find your prospects to sponsor that many people, and what could you tell people, like, generically, tips-wise, how do you how do you get to that many people and get them excited about what you're doing? Well, definitely it was looking at everybody I knew to let them know what I was doing. And I think that's such a great way to contact people is, hey, we haven't been in contact for a while, but I want to let you know that I'm moving out of mortgage banking and I've found something really amazing that I wanted to share with you. And it was having those conversations as much as possible. And then, of course, inviting people, inviting people to, um, you know, in-home meetings and getting to see and, and experience what we were offering, um, you know, reaching a lot of people at one time. But my, my personal way is, is I really like to connect with people one-on-one. It's one of the things I, I really love and enjoy and I have a skill at doing is really talking to people on the phone. And so it was absolutely without fear, but only excitement, contacting people simply to let them know what it was that I was doing and knowing that I had something that wasn't, everybody didn't know about yet. I, I also had that little bit of a, uh, not pressure on myself, but sort of an excitement to say like, well, I want to be the first. And so I had that sense of urgency in sharing it with people. And I think, you know, the excitement, they can't be more excited than I am. So I have to be so excited. And Thankfully, I really was truly deeply excited, and that caught them on fire and got them excited to at least take a look and respond to that invitation. So do you have a sense of of what your ratios are, Tracy, uh, to personally sponsor 46 people in, in 90 days? That's about 15 people a month. That's about four people a week. How many uh, how many presentations did you have to do a week to sponsor four people, and were most of those group presentations? Probably they weren't mostly group presentations. They were direct contacts because I like to be able to say, I thought of you because, and then tie back something that we have in common or, or something that I remembered about them. And so it probably was twenty, at least 20 to 25 people that I was contacting during the week to find those four that were ready to say yes now. Yeah, okay, that's good. So 20 to 25 people a week, so it's like three or four people every day, and that ended up enrolling three or four people a week. Beautiful. So um, I'm going to just wrap this package up so people have a sense of what – the model that we use here, as you know, is the four-year career, and we're not get, we're going to have to talk to you in twenty uh, how many months? Twenty twenty-three months, uh, in order to find out your four-year career, because you're just at the two-year mark. But, ladies and gentlemen, here's what Tracy has done so far: she's personally sponsored since she's been in the business 166 people. She has four leadership legs. We're going to come back and talk about that. She has over 3,500 active people in her group doing just under a half a million dollars a month in business. So, you know, that's a five, six million dollar a year business if it was flat. It's obviously growing at a high rate. 
Um, so two years, you built a multi-million dollar business based on what I assume your residual income is. You've created a multi-million dollar asset in two years, and four years from now, I would expect that would be a five to ten-fold increase based on what you've just done the first two years. So, Tracy, tell us some stories. You've got four leader legs, which means that at least four of the people you've sponsored so far, I'm sure you'll have some, the gestation period will develop, and some of the people that you have in your business will develop into leader legs in the next couple of years. Tell us a couple of stories about people that you introduced to the opportunity that took off with it and how the opportunity with Purium changed their life economically. Oh, I love that. And there's a, a woman that I'm thinking of when you say that. Um, and she is a good friend of mine that had waited a little while to actually join me. She is one of the first ones to have known us right away. And as she watched this unfold and see what was happening, not just with me, but with some other team members and some other people, and she's been through some of her own health challenges as well, she had made a decision when she came and visited me on Oahu. She lives on another island, the island of Kauai, and she decided to say yes at that point to make a change in her life. Now, she had been in a another network marketing company before, had experienced some level of success, maybe a little bit timid getting started again, but had great results and so excited to share. And what ended up happening is that she found some other people on the island um, in some different circles than her, her immediate that she was able to work with. And Richard, she's really been able to turn this into a full-time income for herself and for her family. And you know what I love about network marketing is who you get to meet along the way and that we often find that it's not necessarily who you know, but it's also who they know and who they know and who they know. And Melee's been such an amazing leader for her team in really cultivating these relationships with these people and, and really holding their hand as they grow in this business. And this powerful story of this other woman on their island where she had met her through another friend, of course. That's how it often works. And this friend didn't have money. She was nearly homeless. She was eating out of the food bank and using food stamps to support herself and her family. And she saw the value in what we were offering, and she was so determined that she would put away $10 a week, $30 a week, she was starting to clean vacation homes there just so she could afford to come into this business. And what I find so amazing about that is, is when people find that difference between enabling and empowering and seeing what this could do for this woman and her family. And because this person loved her enough to share the opportunity with her and not enable her just by giving her or, or buying her in, but, but really she worked for this herself, or just she went from nearly homeless, eating out of the food bank and food stamps to reaching leadership levels in our company, she was able to take her family on their first ever spring break vacation. Um, I mean, just so many amazing things. And she really has stepped up into leadership in our company. And so it's just, 
you know, story after story like that, that just sort of one ignites the next and the next. And I just love how her life has completely been turned around by this opportunity of network marketing. That's beautiful. <clears throat> Have you got another one? Yeah, there's, um, there's countless ones. Um, the next one that I'm thinking of is a team member that I was introduced to by Geraldine and Arna, who's been on one of your calls. They're such an amazing yes. duo and incredible leaders. And we were doing, we really had built their business on three-way calling. And so I had the opportunity to meet so many of who are currently their leaders now and being able to work hand-in-hand hand with them as well. And they have one of their team members, Gloria Coppola, who is out of Florida, and she was a health coach before she came into network marketing, and she was a Lomi Lomi practitioner, and, and so she would hold all of these workshops. And, you know, it's really a, it can be a very tiring kind of business. Again, you have to find your clients. You have to create your own business model. You know, I often say to a lot of my people coming in who are entrepreneurs, it's like I never had a boss, but I was still a slave to my business and having right. a lot of bosses, and that's really where, where Gloria was. And having her see the, the potential of the business model again and, and seeing how I can leverage my expertise in helping people, and she's really made a transition from being, you know, traveling and holding these workshops to having a thriving network marketing business where she's also empowering other entrepreneurs to work alongside with her in their own little business centers, you could say, but really seeing them thrive in a way that they weren't able to in, say, before what she was doing was having these workshops to teach them Lomi Lomi. They would go back and then they would have to go and find their clients and then, of course, you're trading hours for dollars. So being able to watch her put this in the hands of her practitioners has been really, really powerful. Awesome. Okay, classic question i got to ask you, Tracy. What is the single biggest mistake you've made in the last two years in building your multimillion-dollar Purium business? Maybe it's oh. something you did over and over again, or maybe it was a one-time blunder. What's the biggest mistake you made? I, I think getting started in this business is really going for and as my organization was really growing, it's a really natural tendency to be reactive. Whoever is talking to you, whoever is calling you, and, and just starting to be pulled in, in a million directions and having that really not be as productive as I wanted it to be. So it was about transitioning from you know, being pulled in every direction and where people are saying they need you and not really thinking about how I'm directing the growth of my own business, I think that was a, a big mistake in, in spending time in places, um, spending energy and time in places that weren't the most productive. And so, you know, instead it's moving into being, um, instead of reacting, into proacting. And that, that's sort of the transition that I think that has helped me move forward out of that, that mistake that I was making in the beginning. So can you give people some details like, <clears throat> What kind of issues did you find were not productive for you to spend time on? What kind of phone calls? What kind of questions? What kind of requests? What kind of complaints? 
did you get sucked into? When people are getting started and they weren't quite sure what they were getting into, of course we need to spend some time with them. And, and I can identify it in, in the transition of where I have come to and being proactive and looking at what places need my attention so that they can rank. So going back to the calls that were coming in that weren't productive were definitely about the people who weren't willing or, and or weren't ready to be taking any actions or making any transitions or being open to coaching or the system. And, and that's really what it comes down to that we have is, is you know, having to help people build belief, absolutely, but yet realizing when they're not ready to make that kind of transition um, and then really spending so much time there when there are people who are proving and showing by their actions that they're ready and willing and doing something and really taking the time and care to help those people advance along with their teams. So that, that was the big transition for me. So if I could say that um, with, uh, without a lot of filter and more uh, with some bluntness, would it be true that the people that will end up taking your time and, and not having it be productive are the people who are talking about what they're going to do or talking about why they can't do something versus the people that are doing something. I think all of us have learned this lesson somewhere along the way that if we pay attention to what people say, both the negative and the positive, versus paying only attention to what people do, paying attention to what people do is gold. That's highly productive. I mean, if people aren't doing anything, there's no reason to spend any time with them. Once we can check off of our own list of integrity, look, I've done my part. I've done the orientation. I've done the strategy meeting. I've supported you. And now's not the time for you versus, you know, people that are in action. And when we spend our time with people that are, are in action, that's time well spent and the business grows. And just because people say they're going to do something doesn't mean they're going to do it. Did you discover that? You hit it right on the head, Richard. That, that is so true. And at the same time, really tempering that with understanding that even though they're not willing or ready and they're talking right now, that they're still customers. And we, right. are, we value customers very, very highly. They're what drives our residual income. And so using that to really understand the philosophy, too, that circumstances change. And so I always keep the door open because of those things that can change. They, they come into a workshop or they do some personal development or they are needing a plan B because something's happening with their plan A or any number of reasons why they might reconsider being actually ready or willing to take action, I'm always completely open to that and using the fact that they are a customer to do that follow-up and always just be kind of checking temperature but then not getting sucked into the, well, I really want to do something. Well, that's great. When you're ready, this is what you, you can do. And that's really going to be my signal to say, okay, here's another chance to take a look at seeing if they want to come out of being just a customer and, and do something more, at least get their products paid for if not make some kind of additional income. Yeah, for, for sure. All right, Tracy, tell us uh, 
find something new other than transitioning out of uh, spending time with unproductive people. Tell us something new. What's the smartest thing you've done in the last two years to build that empire? Wow, the smartest thing I've done is really <laughs> what is the smartest thing I've done? I think the smartest thing I've done, Richard, is really look at my business as a business in the context of having deep relationships with these people because I, I think we can't do this kind of work without having that closeness with people and understanding what they're going through and, and how we can help them at the same time really getting eyes from a, let's just call it a back office standpoint because I, I like to say now that I've, I've been a really good study in my back office and that I don't just see numbers, but it's like the matrix, Richard. I see blondes, brunettes, and redheads. I've, been really, I've become really adept at identifying patterns and trends and seeing teams together and how they're moving because that's what I find really effective is that teams need to move together. And it's never just one person and that one person is on fire. It's that there's a team working together there. And so being able to identify that has probably been one of the most important things that has really helped propel me forward. And going back to that idea of being able to read and see blondes, brunettes, and redheads and really what's going on in the business is you know, something that uh, since we started the discussion about me coming on this call, I was able to actually achieve a new rank in my company. And I just found out yesterday that I'm only the sixth person to have reached that rank so far, and I really attribute that to wow. really digging deep into that back office and really looking at it um, from a, a really a number standpoint because sometimes we do get caught up in the relationship and saying, well, this is someone I really like and this is somebody I really want to love on and help, and yet I'm missing out some of these people that really they're on the front lines making things happen, and if I just put some additional reinforcements there, they will burst through and make some great achievements. That's really profound, Tracy. So give, it, give people some more specifics about this. You're looking in the back office. You're looking at the numbers. How, how, how do you encourage uh, a group that's maybe somewhat fractured and maybe one person's performing and maybe the upline isn't performing? How do you encourage that team to meld into one culture and, and one team and what do you look for to identify those team movements? Oh, those are some great questions, Richard. So first of all, I think when I'm, when I'm looking in the back office and just looking for current, current activity to catch my attention and, and starting to look at where certain things are coming from, um, I think it's, it's really important to sort of identify who is the top layer of who is working in that area. So like in the case of um, you know, some of the, the leaders that I have, there may be four people in between us that really aren't active and participating. So I will step in and be the surrogate. I'll, I'll step in and say, this is my team and this is my business. And although we have people between us, I've identified that you're somebody who's coming and participating and being active, and so you're somebody that I want to connect with. And when I do, and it's finding out, you know, it's doing all the groundwork because I don't necessarily have a relationship with them. 
So I have been really, that is another skill that I've really developed, Richard, is, is you know, taprooting, is, is going below and finding out who's there that is interested that may not be getting the kind of support that they need from someone who's directly enrolled them, and then plugging them into a bigger system. You know, I run some mastermind calls. They have some groups that they can be part of, and then encouraging them to events and other ways that we can support them, and then having that closeness and relationship, like with Geraldine and Arna, they're actually um, layers and layers deep to me, but I treat them as if they're my own, direct to me. Right. Awesome. That's great leadership stuff, Tracy. Uh, so speaking of masterminds and events, uh, as you were building, what kind of, of, what, what kind of services um, events did you provide your team? And here's some examples of where I'm fishing. Did you have a live, physical, weekly event in Honolulu more than once a week, once a month? Did you have nightly calls? Did you have weekly calls? How did you decide who could be on the calls? What kind of events did you provide your team? Well, I provided my team more the live, um, not as much of the live things because Brandy was already doing that as our great leader here, um, and she was who was directly sponsored to. And so she really had the vision to put together some of our, you know, starting with say, a monthly big event that everybody here on the island would come to. And then we would fracture out and have these weekly in-home parties to explore that. That was a regular part. And then, again, for me personally, calling is, is my gift. And it's one of the ways that I really was able to bridge the gap of getting off of this island as well as having business on this island. Because I think at that Pretty early on, I was able to get about 40% of my business on the mainland where I wasn't. Oh, super. And so, again, that was the leverage of having the calls and being able to do sort of like opportunity calls that people could plug into and then doing, of course, individual three-way calls with team members to find those people on the mainland. And now it's probably where I have 40% of my business in Hawaii and 60% on the mainland and maybe you know even a little bit different than that, but, you know, it's increasing more because obviously there's more people there, and, and that's really the way that I've been able to reach beyond where I am physically. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, what markets in the mainland are you in? Is it West Coast, Midwest, East Coast? <laughs> uh, my travel schedule wishes that they were a little bit more concentrated, and um, thankfully, I will say, that it's sort of all over the place. There's, a, there's some people here and some people there. You know, I mentioned, um, you know, Gloria is in Florida. I have a couple of different um, teams in Utah with um, Stacey Newton wow. and, um, you know, Sarah Sopi. And so, you know, there's, and then there's Washington. There's, there's sort of a little team coming up there. Of course, there's California, northern and southern. You know, so they're kind of here in their pockets that are still sort of getting their physical momentum and yet still building... Um, because, again, one of my personal strengths in, in the leadership role is doing calls. Yeah, okay, super. So um, tell people this, Tracy. Um, it, it sounds to me like your strength is 
strategy and leadership, almost leaning towards leadership, like you have a big picture and you have a real high vision and you play full out for that. You said something early on that was really profound about you called people without fear just just with a vision of that you had something special for them. And, you know, getting people to the place where they can call everyone they know, not not like a maniac or not like a nuisance, but just with some reckless abandon in their enthusiasm, that's just such a gift that you have. So in in the realm of leadership, I think people listening to you probably were, are wondering, how could I become a leader like Tracy? What are the top three or four things that if you were coaching us, to develop into a multi-million dollar leader, network marketing leader, what are the three or four things, they don't have to be in order, that you would lay out as mandatory distinctions, arts that we need to master, commitments we need to make? What are the three or four top things on your list network marketing leaders must develop? Ooh. I love that question, and the, the two that just fly out at me as, as immediately like this is an absolute, absolute is one, holding people as capable. I, I think that, that's such a such a, a oversight um, on our part sometimes, and I, I believe that one of the most unloving things that we could possibly say about or towards another person is, I know how he is or I know how she is, or I know how they are. When we start to yeah. put people in a box of their capabilities, the game is over. There's no need to even proceed at that point. And then if I put them in a box, I certainly put myself in a box. If they can't change, if they can't grow, if they can't achieve, then who am I? So it's the Pygmalion effect. <laughs> it, it's really just, I mean, so critical and I think it also ties into that thing we we're talking about with the enabling versus empowering. And when we see people as not being capable, and then we do things for them, and really knowing early on that that was never going to create residual income, is never going to create a team that could sustain itself, is really, and I can only do what I do because I see greatness in people. I think that is first and foremost, and everything else comes in relation to that. So Tracy, let's make this practical for people because um, what you're speaking to is a, is a huge distinction in leadership and also a, a huge distinction in productivity, allowing you to spend your time doing what matters. So I come to you, I'm one of your up and coming leaders, and you know I want you to do my weekly event or I want you to do my call or I want you to do the, you know, 13th three-way call in a row because the way I hold it is I'm not capable and I need you to do it. What do you say to me to deploy your distinction of holding me capable? That's a great question. And I think what I try to do, Richard, is start that groundwork even from the very beginning as far as, 
you know, I believe that when we work with people, it really comes down to our perspective, our expectations, and the communication that we have. So when I'm helping a brand new person get started, before we get to the 13th one, I'm letting them know on the first one, here's why we're doing this and what you're going to get out of this, and then this is what you're going to be able to do because of it. And so starting to plant those seeds even from the first go-round of really with perspective that you are capable. So I'm going to be setting you on the right path, and it's really something that you're going to be doing because you're capable to do it. You, you're going to be able to grow this in a way with all of the support that you're going to receive at the beginning. So I think that's the first step is, is setting the groundwork and the expectations that they are going to be they're never going to be, quote, unquote, self-sufficient because that's not our industry. It's, you know, we do this together as a team. And so it's never going to say, well, I'm going to abandon you at some point. It's just saying that you're going to be productive in your own space with what you do. And, and I think that leads really nicely into one of the other skills that really came to me, which was really being able to, it's a two-part thing, ask questions, ask the right questions, you know, and I think that lends itself to finding out, well, what is your why? And, you know, what has interested you about this? And what do you think you want to do? And, and just kind of walking them through their own process and in finding out from them. And then the key there is being able to listen. Listen, 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 active listening and being fully, completely present with where they're at because that's going to let us know or let me know as I can feed them more things to take them to the next step of the things that they're capable of doing and showing them because I believe that confidence comes from doing. And so as we can give them experiences to show them exactly how capable they really are, I think that's an important part too. Beautiful. And one last leadership distinction. Last leadership distinction is being who we need to be to get what we want to attract. You know, the me that you're experiencing today is not the me that you would have experienced two years ago, five years ago. You probably, if you knew me five years ago, you don't know me. And I really believe that our, we can only take our teams as far as we've gone ourselves. And so it's one of the reasons why I'm always pushing myself harder and faster so that they know if I can do it, they can do it. And so it's always trying to become that person. And so would you call this personal development? I would. And what are some of the things that you are constantly diving into in personal development that, that you've seen transform you? Well, it definitely has been quite a journey, I can say. Um, you know, it was, it was just even taking one step outside of my comfort zone, and I can literally trace exactly where I stand today and what I have and what I do from that very first step outside of my comfort zone. It goes back to that experience is what gives you confidence. And so if you can take that step and nothing bad happened, in fact, you kind of get rewarded for it, then it means you can take the next step. And so for me, it, it was, I would be the shy person. I wouldn't have been on this call. I wouldn't have been at the front of the room. I wouldn't have been on any of our national calls or training or presenting or doing any of those things. And so it really was pushing myself to be in those places knowing that I had people that needed to come with me or follow behind exactly what I was doing. And so some of the things that I've, you know, 
in addition to all the multitude of workshops and and things that I've done, is I've, I've even picked up a certification um, in the color code, uh, for example, just because I believe, going back to those three things that I feel are really critical when working with people is our perspective, our expectations, and our communication, including self-talk. You know, a lot of it comes back to that and, and having our self-limiting beliefs, the stories we tell ourselves, and being positive and, you know, changing that perspective because I believe that perspective is my favorite word. And it's the thing that I think can make the biggest difference because when we change what we see, how we think about it will change. And when we change how we think about it, then, of course, how we feel about it can change. And, of course, a lot of it is driven by how we feel, whether we do something or not or how we do it. So we change how we feel, we can change what we do. And, of course, when we change what we do, it changes the outcome. It changes what we have, our results. And so it, it's a lot of that figuring out how do I change that into something positive and how does that serve me and, and having that work be constantly done and, and a lot of that internal dialogue that has to happen so that it changes my outward being and then showing others how to do that as well. Yeah, you're talking about a subject dear to my heart, um, vision. Tell us what Tracy's, what is your vision for you as a network marketer, for your team over the next three or four or five years? Who are you becoming? What services are you going to provide? What is going to be your contribution? What's going to be your legacy? What are you building? Oh, that's such a big question, and I love it because I do have a huge vision, Richard. I have a humongous vision, and it starts with I love what you do because it elevates the profession, and that's something I, I definitely want to see happen is, is our industry be elevated um, in society in general. And, you know, I believe so strongly in the business model that we have and that when we can help other people see what's possible and we can help them to leverage this business model, not this get-rich scheme, not this pipe dream, but really leveraging a business model that allows them to stay home with their kids. Because I just have this vision, and, and just imagine with me how different our communities would be if more parents were home raising their kids. Yeah. That's sort of like my big, you know, I remember like watching the, the riots in, in Maryland and the mom who went out there after her teenage son with the rock in his hand claimed mom of the year. And it's like, well, where were the rest of the parents? You know, and, and so I just have that, I hold that to say, you know, we talk a lot about changing the world, changing communities, changing people, and yet I feel like that's such a foundational piece that we can help people get their, their arms around and help them get there, then it really can change our communities at large. Yeah, you got that. That's beautiful. Anything else? Oh, I just, I just love our industry. You know, it's one of the things that I like to share with people. I, I think regardless of whatever company um, people are in, whether you're, you're in a traditional company or whether you're in network marketing, that what we all need to do is to make an unyielding commitment to ourselves and to our dreams, to our goals. And we've done it so long for somebody else's dream to make that to ourselves as something really we can, a gift we can give ourselves. And then to realize that we need to build unshakable belief in what we do and what we have because 
this society we live in will wear away at when we try to do something different. People, Bob Proctor says, you know, people aren't resistant to change, they resist being changed. And so having that strong belief so that when somebody questions, it doesn't shake our foundation. And when you can build unshakable belief in, your, in the industry, in your company, in your owners, in your products, in your team, in your system, and in yourself, I think having that kind of posture is the foundation that we need for success. And then when you add on the last step of cultivating an unstoppable positive attitude, it's really a place that I think is the most powerful to launch successful businesses from. So, you know, when you are unyielding, you're unshakable, and you're unstoppable, I mean, that says it all. That's, that's where I like to come from. Yeah, that, in, that, that energy, that conviction inspires people, and it, it leads to such a powerful person that you don't even need to argue with people. And, you know, what takes most people out of this game is they don't develop that belief in our business model, in their own abilities, in their own vision, and they let other people's conviction about, you know, every, other people have a vision for us. When you go talk to a prospect, ladies and gentlemen, you know, they have a vision for themselves in this business. And in most cases, this business is not included in their vision. You know, they've got a vision about doing something else with their life. They, they're not wandering around, you know, imagining finding the, the perfect network marketing company to build in. They've got other things going on in their mind. And when you tell them that you're building a network marketing organization, you know, they can very easily have a, hold a vision for, for you doing that. And it might not be kind. It not, might not be empowering. So the wor you're going to run into people in the world that they hold a different vision for you than you want to hold for yourself. And whether or not you're going to make it depends, like Tracy said, you developing that 10-foot-tall and bulletproof conviction that this is right for you, what you're doing is authentic for you, it's your destiny, it's, it's how you want to spend a portion of your life what you want to build, what you want to create, and how you want to contribute. And you need to take a stand for that, not so that you can successfully argue with people, but actually so that you don't need to argue with people. It's the ones of us who are not totally convicted in what we're doing that find ourselves arguing with people because we need people to agree with us. And, you know, the fact is most people have other things on their agenda than building with us in network marketing. And our job is really just to go out and find the ones who magically right now is the right time. And you happen to be right in front of them with the right message. And that's, that's when magic happens. Tracy, I'm uh, amazingly impressed with your intellect, your, your, the distinctions that you're clear about your leadership, what you're building. I'm, uh, remind me in two years if I forget to interview you. I want to interview you again in two years and see where geometric progressions and leadership and personal development has taken your team. I imagine it's going to be uh, an epic journey. Do you have uh, a couple of final things to share with this group? Oh, I just want to say how much, 
Yeah, I just want to say how much I appreciate you and your contribution to the industry because it's an industry I absolutely love. And it's in an industry that has no glass ceiling except the one we self-impose. And really to, to understand what it is that we have, that this industry is responsible for creating in the world of any industry out there and that it doesn't account for anything that you've done in your past. And that's both a blessing, I guess, both for most of us and others might be taken aback by that, but truly to understand that network marketing doesn't judge you for anything that you've had, meaning it doesn't discriminate based on gender or race or social economic status. You know, it's, it's really something so amazing that you can step into at any place in time in your life, grab hold of it with both hands, and when you embrace it, it embraces you right back. It is so powerful and amazing what this business model is capable of and what it's capable of doing for families and for our communities that I, I just really, that's, that's something I'm really passionate about, Richard, is, is I kind of have this thing like, do you get it? Do you get it that you don't have to have a, an MBA or a significant six-figure income? You know, and, and for me, I don't have that great education behind me. It's something that has developed over time. And so really knowing and embracing the fact that I don't need that education to get me to where I want to go and to create a more significant income. I had to look perspective-wise last month and say, I made more last month than I had made in an entire year when I got started in the workforce. And that just blew me away and gave me an idea of what is still possible. Because like you said, I'm, I'm still early in the game of creating the residual income that I want to have for myself. And so I just, do you get it? So what we have, what it's capable of, and what you can give to other people in this gift that we call network marketing. Yeah. Beautiful story, Tracy, a beautiful message. Thank you for joining us tonight. All of you out there in Bliss Business land, thank you very much for joining us. If you're listening live or you're listening to the podcast, could be a week from now, could be five years from now. I trust you got some uh, big pieces from what Tracy had to say that will support you in building your own empire, your own financial freedom, your vision, your dreams in your company. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in two weeks. Good night, Tracy. Aloha. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.